It's time for the No Shot Clock Podcast. We're talking the biggest stories in Illinois high school basketball. We now, here are your hosts, Michael O'Brien of the Chicago Sun-Times and Joe Hendrickson of the City Suburban Boost Report. Welcome in, everybody. And this is episode number 117 of the No Shotcock Podcast. And Mike, we're uh, what, we at the midway point of the season? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. For some not, schools. Not yeah. That's sarcasm. I, you know, I know. We're just getting started. We're just getting rolling. Some of us are getting rolling. Others have not gotten rolling. Others have already rolled and stopped. <laughs> it's yeah. been a, a real mess. I was telling Joe uh, just before we started, um, kind of hit some news things here before we start. Then we're going to go into the, we're each going to give a first impression of the season so far. Then we're going to, we just have a handful of questions we're going to hit. And then we're going to give our two takes as we always do. And then a bit of a preview of the next few days ahead. But to, to top off the news, I just recently learned, I, I've not, you know, double sourced this or checked with the IHSA or anything, but um, between me and Joe and the podcast listeners, it sounds like when a team is off for COVID protocols, they have to have two practices before their first game, which is something I did not know about just like an hour or so ago. But a lot of teams are going through that now, so the word is kind of out. Um, the big news we had from two days that'll ago? Be like, that'll be like two games for Maine South. Oh, yeah, or more. <laughs> yeah, who knows? They're rolling. Um, that Sean Gallery kid just keeps scoring points and points. Um, They're like 8-0 already. Yeah, I think, what is it, 4-0, 5-0? <laughs> yeah, we got some uh, some teams with some gaudy records, Glenbrook South as well, already. And they have not had a shutdown, I don't think, Glenbrook South, so they're rolling along nicely. Um, the CPS is back. We have our Public League news. It's pretty exciting. They're going to get going with games next week. Practices start today as we record this Thursday at 3.58. I'm sure there are CPS basketball teams practicing, so that's pretty exciting and um, good for them. they got a schedule that's... That's out. It sounds like conference, non-conference games are going to be allowed on the weekends um, or maybe anytime. But there was some weird thing in the guidelines about the, the CPS game can only be Monday through Friday. But there's a meeting today or tomorrow, I think, um, with the CPS honchos and the ADs and stuff where they're going to hash things out. No word yet on if media will be allowed. So I'm waiting to hear on that. Uh, my, I'll start with my first impression since I'm rambling. And um, mine, I'm going to go against my typical grain here. And I kind of, every once in a while, like to get a little negative. <laughs> People have probably noticed. And just to kind of be more honest, because I think, especially in high school sports, we get a lot of, oh, these kids are great and everything's great. And every once in a while, I like to maybe nicely point out when a team isn't quite living up to it or isn't quite doing what we want or this and that. I kind of think that's my role. I'm going to try to not do that this year. Um, my first impressions are that everyone's kind of bad right now. And I know that sounds negative, but it's because it's just been so long. You know, it's been so long since everybody's been together. And I've seen a lot of rough first quarters, a lot of rough first halves, a lot of rough things. I mean, when Max Christie is airballing his first two shots, what can you expect of normal high school basketball players? So I'm, um, and I also think I'm throwing out the first game for everybody. I'm not going to hold it against 
a team with a loss in the first game, especially in the rankings, I'm just going to kind of wipe that off. It's going to be in my book, but I'm not going to pay a lot of attention. And since this is such a short burst of a season, you know, it's one month, there's no state tournament anyway, there's no holiday tournament anyway, there's no champion of anything, that I'm just going to try and we're going to stay positive, make fewer snap judgments, and just enjoy what we've got. I want this recorded and played back <laughs> next November. This has been my, like, that's been like my, my battle cry every year in November, why I hate Thanksgiving tournaments. Uh, I understand 100% what you're saying, and I agree, but I'm, I'm going to counter it with, with this. I guess it's bad, but it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And by that, I just mean, as I just said, Thanksgiving tournament, if I can just pretend that these are November 22nd, November 23rd, November 24th games, you know, when the season starts, I think those are bad. And that's after two plus weeks of practice, fall open gyms and workouts, a full summer of play. And it's still kind of, eh. Now, it's a little bit better than it is right now. But I thought it was just going to be like this horrific basketball. And through one week, two live games of several on, you know, streaming. I've been, well, I, I mean, I, I just, I guess it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. But to your point, you're right. It is bad. Um <laughs> But I, I just keep – and I've brought this actual topic up with some coaches and, you know, when, when they brought it up, like, oh, we were bad we were bad tonight. Or, we, you know, I talked to a couple of coaches after their games and, oh, God, was it bad tonight. And, 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 but they're all excited about me playing. They're, they were ecstatic how good it was to be on the court again. But then I bring that up. I go, well, think about it just as, you know, November 23rd. And – you know, and comparatively, is it as bad? Probably a little bit, but I'm just saying it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, you didn't know what you were going to deal with. And I saw some teams that actually had some nice first halves later in the week, um, even some debuts, so that helped, um, definitely. I think it will be interesting, though, to see our first public league game. You know, um, you know I mean... And they've really been shut down. I mean, the, the, you know, they've done nothing ever. You know what I mean? For at least some of these teams had some had some time to play uh, together a little bit. Uh, where the city, I, I mean, I, I could see that being very erratic, more so than normal. Or have they? <laughs> Is the question. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, just from what I've talked to. Yeah, I mean, the co- I mean, the coaches haven't been around right? Um, as normal. I think the, a lot of the high-level CPS kids have been playing, but not yeah, necessarily. Yeah, I, I just mean formally yeah. practice together, um, whether it was even, even non-contact stuff that some of the suburban places were able to do at some point in time. So it's just, I mean, the, the, the whole thing is, you, you, you counter this whole bad argument with their plane and that's what everybody wants and that's what they're, they're getting, which, you know, there was some patience needed to get to this point. 
Uh, and I think a lot of people failed to, um, I don't know, utilize that patience <laughs> in, in, in certain ways. And, you know, we got here. Is it what we want to know? Is it shorter than what we hoped? Yeah, probably. But they're playing. And, and then it's back to that whole make the most of these, you know, four or five weeks that are left. Already had some breakout guys. It's been fun. All right, questions. First up, Paniotis, I believe is this um, person's name, says, do you think there are any players in the area that would have been D1 recruits if they had a full season? So I'm, I'm guessing the question here is, is there anybody that you thought needed a full season to break out and might not be able to do it? Yeah, I think there's, there's, you know, there's two different, I think there's two different groups you can put them in. There are the players who are still Division One. Still being recruited, still sorting some things out. By those guys, I mean like the Anthony Sales, Niles Notre Dame, uh, Grant Newell at Young. Now, Grant Newell's a kid who I think was going to blossom. And again, by blossoming, I mean back in spring and July and all those. Most of his kids would have signed in, you know, the fall. Uh, but yeah, I mean, th- this was going to be sadly another below average group of kids group, a class in Illinois in, by sheer numbers of the number of division one players. We, again, I, we, we talked about this endless times. I've, I've written about it a bunch of times for years and years and years, our average number of division one players, I mean, take a, any 10 year period is been 40 plus. And, the, from 2016 on, we've had a number of years where it's barely gotten to 30 or below 30. And this is a year where it's going to be under 30. Those are really, really poor numbers for a state like Illinois, historically. I mean, it's not even close. I mean, for comparison's sake, the great class of 1998 had 60-plus. Um, the class of 2011 had 50 plus or 45 plus minimum. So, you know, what players would be, I mean, there's some guys downstate, I think that were really hurt. Uh, the James Dent kid from Springfield Southeast, you know, up here, I think of a Jay Sean Thomas, uh, young, I think he would have really benefited, you know, Ethan Roberts from Hersey. Um, you know, and, and some of these kids took some division two, offers and and grab them and and that's great you know um as they should but uh i don't think this is i think that's a misnomer mike of all this oh all my kids not getting scholarships because they weren't playing i i I don't i just don't i mean there's 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 some cases of that but overall most of the kids are going to be division one are division one and i still think a few more will be division one at the end of the day Next question is from Joe Robinson. Uh, Joe says he moved away from Illinois and has not found the same coverage anywhere else, but he wants to know how we find streaming video games for the schedule. What's our process? Um, I I think Joe's watched a lot more streaming stuff over the years than I have. I kind of just dived into it for the first time these last couple weeks, and mine was simple. The team sent me the YouTube links. I've got it up on the site. Um, and I like those because I can watch YouTube on my television and don't have to just watch on the computer. And every time I try to watch NFHS, it lets me down in some weird way. And it's $80 for the year, which is super annoying. 
but I guess. So you, are, are there some free NFHS? Yes, there are so some. Are, some are free. Yeah, and you, you have to like go to the school's page and check, and those can be free. Um, some if if a school sends me their free NFHS link, I put it on our list because it is free to watch. So you can find some of those there. Um, but sometimes I don't even know what I'm watching. I mean, I'm watching it stream. I, I can't. I don't even know. Like was the like the Fenwick game that I watched? You have any? I know you came on late Fen- on that one. Yeah, Fenwick is. They have their own. It's on YouTube. It's yeah, great. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. To me, honestly, too, the YouTube ones have been better. Um, yeah, I mean, in all I mean, the, the the big one is Baller TV, but I don't. You know, that's more AAU and those type of things. Um, that's a subscription as well. But uh, yeah, there, I mean, I there's a lot now, and I, I would say if it's a private school, you can almost guarantee you're going to get one like i'm going to watch the jesuit cup tonight loyola does a really nice job um that you can find that on their school website i'd say that's the if there's a game you want to watch you can check our live stream link check nfhs and also go to the school website and look in it if it says it there i would say that one trick you might want to use is you can also pay for nfhs monthly and remember the season's only a month so if you wait 30 days exactly if you wait until like sunday and sign up that's your month you know it'll it'll take you through march 13th um and and that could be pretty good because i know for a lot of people you know i'm spoiled i'm deciding to stream instead of going to a game some nights but people don't have the option to go to games you know they, they have to stream so i know there's a lot of people out there looking that's why i made our live stream link and it is I think there's like a, a process. You got to have rosters. You got to sit down and put your phone down and pay attention because it's not like you're at a game. It's not going to grab you, you know, unless you grab it. Basically, do you, do you know why some are, are the schools paying? Why it's free, or do you know why some are free and yeah. on and available? There's some kind of thing like that. NFHS has sent, I think, some equipment, and if a school pays enough, I, I don't know. It's some deal. Mm-hmm. Or other, I, I just yeah. But yeah, I mean, if schools are listening, coaches are listening to to be able to make the most of this as far as getting eyes and uh, you know, it's just to I don't know, bring attention to the to your team, your sport, everything is to to get it on that SunTime site. You know what I mean? I mean, if you got a chance to to look, I mean, I don't know how many are up there now. Twenty, would you say? Or I think 15? we're over about thirty now. Oh, third? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to have all those at one spot is, is, is pretty cool. And uh, I know I was talking with Scott Burgess about this the other night. We don't need announcers, necessarily. I mean, if you have a student broadcast team club that wants to do it, that's awesome, great, go for it. But if that's holding you back, don't let it. You know, a camera in the gym, but most important is these, ro- these uniforms, these jerseys. I mean, last yeah. night, my whole plan was ruined because I couldn't read Providence's numbers. I was thinking about watching Hillcrest tonight, but I went and looked at their stream from last game, which was actually a pretty good stream on YouTube, but they're still wearing those white-on-white rosters, so I can't read the numbers. And yeah. college coaches are watching. This is all they have. Get some jer- I don't care if you got to go find the sophomore jerseys from two years ago. Put them on. <laughs> this white on white, it's not helping anybody at this point. It's a huge issue. I mean, you're just going to get less coverage from all of us, from me, from Joe, from Scott Burgess, who's like, oh, I can't keep these stats, from the college coaches who might be tuning in. And I'm guessing there's more of those than people realize based on what I've been reading. 
the white on white or the the college coaches college watching coaches. these streams. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I, I had a game. I can't remember the team now. Um, but same, same deal. And I was, it was a player. Who was it? Well, anyway, I, I, yeah, I was trying to, I spent 10 minutes trying to figure out who the player was. Yeah. Because the uh, other thing is you're, they're wearing masks and like, I was watching, yeah. you know, I know what these well, kids look like, but I can't see their face. And well, I can't then, I re- the then I realized I'm watching for 10 minutes. And I don't know who he is yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and maybe he's not so good. Uh, he hasn't stood out yet. Uh, no, but <laughs> you know, I, it's it's getting used to a lot of different things, and that's one of them. Yeah, I mean, there there are positives. I saw six teams last night, which wasn't the same as seeing one team live, but I did, you know, get a good a, a good handle on it, and that's helpful, especially in this super short season where it's going to be impossible for me to see everybody in, in a few weeks. Uh, next up, last question is. Richard Tersitano, he says, uh, I know there is no state tournament, but couldn't you and the other writers vote on the best two teams in each class at the end of the year, like college football for a title game, so there's some sort of champion? That could be fun. You, you know, the only issue, the, <laughs> maybe the only thing I've been enjoying about this is that classes don't matter. Yeah, I just have one writer's champion. Yeah. have a, the AP and the coach's champion. Like the old college football polls. Yeah, if I want to choose undefeated Indian Creek as my overall champion this year, <laughs> let me do it. I mean, who cares about classes? All right, let's jump into our two takes. Uh, you want to start us off, Joe? Yeah, my first take is just going to be on uh, – we, we talked a little bit about – or I've, I've brought it up, and it's a story in, in online right now about conference championships. And, you know, I, I highlighted in the story five – conference championships that I, I think are going to be the best uh, conference, you know, conference championships to watch or conferences to watch over the course of the four weeks. But, and and, and I, I don't know if it's just me pumping them up or I, I, I know Mike, you have not been a no. huge conference yeah. championship guy uh, over the years. I still kind of, I mean, after big holiday tournaments, you know, a Pontiac title or a Proviso or a Wheeling or whatever, you know, regular season-wise, I think, you know, they're they're still pretty cool. Some of the historical leagues, I think, are even cooler that have been together forever, like the Mid-Suburban League as an example. But I, I, I do think they matter normally, more so than, than Mike. Uh, I also think this year it gives you something – a carrot, something to play for. And when I, when you think about specific teams, like a Mundelein, uh, it's been, they haven't won a conference championship since 1994. Now they stubbed their toe. I think in their opener, Scotty Avue, uh, was not playing. They lost to, was it Lake Forest? Wait, yep. who did they lose? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rolling Meadows. We've talked about, uh, Rolling Meadows being a team that's ranked, not very unfamiliar to be ranked. They haven't won a conference title since 1990. Here's our chance. Even teams, I was talking to Mike Ellis uh, at Evanston and how important to keep that, you know, they've had, they've been to Peoria, they've won sectional titles, but they've also won or shared six straight Central Suburban League South championships. And they're, it's important to them uh, about winning a seventh straight. You know, as I was looking at this just now on my phone, uh, Blake Peters of Evanston liking a tweet about 
conference championships. And, you know, so I, I think of all years, this is, I, I just think it gives them something to truly play for. They know they're not playing for a, a Christmas holiday tournament title. They're not playing for a, uh, a trip to play in Peoria. Uh, so it gives them an opportunity to compete. And I, I do think even in normal years, that there are certain conferences that tend to mean a little bit more than than others, at least in my view as a fan, uh, that seem to be cooler. Some of these leagues have changed so much times. You know, I, I feel bad for like a like a West Aurora that's been hopping around conferences from Upstate A to DuPage Valley and Upstate Eight and now uh, Southwest Suburban Prairie and and so, but I do think that conference championships matter in these four weeks that we're going to be playing. Yeah, you nailed it there at the end. That's why I don't think they matter during a normal season because 80% of the teams would have to think real hard about what conference they're currently in. So there's no history. There's, 80, I, would, I wouldn't say it's quite 80. It's the whole city. It's almost all the well, south suburbs. Well, city... See, I've always... I mean, admit it, Joe. You always, have to think always, for a second. I've always poo-pooed the city titles because i just think the public league title overall is yeah but i mean the red west used to mean something yeah yeah when they when they they did change yeah when they went to the red west north is that what it's called yeah so that doesn't have any history but we have to think real hard about what conference thornton's in let's admit it yeah the you know the west suburbans the 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 central suburban league i mean they've changed a little bit but still it's the core, you know, yeah, group. Suburban yeah. league is that way, you know. The I mean, that's about it. Of, yeah, some of them. Upstate eight's been turnovers, been crazy. Um, the I, 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 I like uh, even though it's a newly formed league, I like the um, the Duquesne just because there's a lot of rivalries with the up and down the Fox River, the St. Charles, Geneva's, and Batavia's. I, I do like that that they're you know they got some rivalries in there. But yeah, I mean, I, I... It's the West Suburban, the Mid Suburban, and the Central Suburban. Everything else has changed too much. Even the Catholic League has no history into the conference titles. You know, th- that's a problem. I mean, Fox Valley, I suppose. Um, might yeah, have some, still has Catholic League schools. But they're in two different divisions all the time, and it's constantly changing. The way well, they that, used to have, that, that is true. I mean, that, that's... Yeah. They used to have four Why divisions has- for a bit. I mean, yeah. Catholic League has butchered that. That's been my biggest complaint. They, they could have so much tradition. History and tradition, yeah. yeah. I mean, but you're, but this season, yeah, this is it. It's all we got. So it is the most important thing, I would argue, um, 100%. I mean, for the same reasons I don't think it's important in those other seasons. There is no holiday tournament. There is no regional. There's no sectional. All you got is this conference title. So I think it's massive. I think it's everything. I think it's really important, and I, I think it's thankful we have something. Finally, conferences have a use. Um, I'm into it. I'm all for it. And I wish things were more like they used to be, and like the Sick of East conference title meant something, because everybody oh, knew... Sick of East. When I was in high school, yeah. back, I was talking to, remember, well, Tracy Webster, the old Thornton star, went to Wisconsin, been college coach for years, and now he's, uh, we were just talking about the old days of, of Sick of East, and uh, Thornton and Thornridge and uh, Bloom Trail and HF was in the sick east and Eisenhower was really good in the late 80s and early 90s. So, I mean, yeah, it's 
It's completely changed, yes. Um, and it's because of football. It, That's what correct. we have to blame, which, correct. which is no good. But hopefully we can have some stability and get that back. I sort of like what the Southwest Prairie is now. I think maybe if we can keep that for a bit in that area, that could be neat. Um, I don't know. But, yeah, that, I, I think my reasoning for disliking conferences has a lot to do with the fact that we just don't know who's in what conference. Yeah, I mean, even the DuPage Valley got ripped apart when the yeah. Duquesne formed and um, – so, yeah. Maybe we'll get some stability there, and that would help. My um, my takes are just going to be both about some – I want to talk a little bit about some teams I saw this week because it was interesting stuff. Um, I want to start out with Bolingbrook because they might have played the only good first half I've seen. Um, no, I think they definitely did. I was really impressed. I mean, things went downhill a little bit for Bolingbrook after that. But, oh, my gosh, it was fun. After watching some rough stuff here and there, I did see some good second halves, but Bolingbrook just came out, you know, like they were on fire and playing with so much passion. and It was quick. It was stylish. Keontae Thomas, oh, my goodness. I did not realize he was committed to Trinity mm-hmm. until a day or two after. He was, oh, some of the passes that he threw in on the fast break were, were just amazing. Kai Evans, I think we all know he's a big-bodied guard that can kind of do anything he wants but Keon Alexander and Donovan Younger two sophomores Keon Alexander is 6'6 Donovan Younger is 6'9 most people have probably heard of Donovan Younger he's one of the highly rated guys in that class they both definitely showed me a lot more than they had last year um, they're going to be big parts of this team you can see the potential there and then the type of high school player I just love Michael Osibansu he missed all of last season he is He's a large fella, and he's 6'4", and he plays in the post, but he just, his whole body just knows how to play basketball. He is just, he's a basketball player in an offensive lineman's body, and it is so great to watch. I mean, considering this was just his first game, and he hadn't played all of last year, who knows what's to come. Um, Bolingbrook coach Rob Brost told me, you know, some practices he's just dominating, especially down low, but he is... He is the type of kid that wins you high school basketball games. You know, who knows about him as a college prospect or any of that? I don't really care. But this five that they're able to throw out, Makai Cooper is the other guy. He's a sophomore guard. It's the ceiling on Bolingbrook is really, really high. Much higher than I realized in the preseason. Um, you know, it's not perfect. And we saw Lincoln Wees come back on him in the second half. And that was a really close game. So I want to temper expectations a bit but when Isaiah Stafford left he was supposed to be you know the top guy the top scorer at least at Bolingbrook I think a lot of our expectations went down a little bit I think we should bring him back up Bolingbrook's a lot of fun yeah I mean there's been, there's been some eye-opening performances like right you know one of them you know sometimes when we do this type of stuff Mike and I put it together and we've got a few different things we want to talk about and we kind of decide we leave a couple on the shelf and don't, and, but while you're bringing this up, I just wanted to mention Deandre Craig at Mount Carmel. Yeah. It's not my second take, but I just, he, as far as a first impression, wow. I mean, he was, uh, he was pretty special in that loss to Fenwick. Uh, he, he's a, you know, a five eleven, six foot sophomore guard. He had a very big freshman year. Uh, and he is a talent. He, he, he put, you know, he brought Mount Carmel back, made big play after big play, and, and really shined. And, and he's one of the better players in that class. Um, my, my second take is, you know, uh, Mike and I were at the Rolling Meadows game 
one of the first nights. I think that was your first live game. I can't remember, but uh, Joe, Joe, don't forget about Tuscola. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> your your first live Chicago <laughs> yeah. area game. Uh, I, I was getting ready to do a write a story and do some research on something, and my research didn't go very far because I was trying to find brother combinations historically. Oh yeah, and I, you can't in my time you can't find a better brother combination that played together. Uh, you know, a lot of people think of Martell Bailey and David Bailey the, at Westinghouse yeah. uh, about 20 years ago. But, I mean, you're talking a player who is top 20 player in the country, Max Christie at Roy Meadows, and his sophomore brother, Cam, who is, you know, a top five, top, you know, half dozen prospects in the class of 2023 – who has some high major interest and offers, you're going to, it's going to be hard for you to come up with two brothers playing together at a higher level than Max and Camp Christie. And, and I, I, you know, some of these things you start thinking about during this weird season, if we never had played and yeah, it's not the same, but the, the idea of those two brothers playing together, uh, when I was watching them that night when we were there, like how special that is, and it's just one of the many things that you can point out, uh, you know, with high school basketball and opportunities that they have and would have been missed. They played together last year, yes, uh, but you know, Cam was more of a, you know, a role guy in, as a freshman, a young kid, and Max was a junior. Now, as a senior and sophomore, just just watching them play together, you, the importance of it kind of stood out to me. But more so, my take is. They're the best two brothers that I'll I'll have seen in 25 years doing this in, in high school basketball. Ooh, yeah, I was thinking about what you were talking. We had the Loyola twins last year. Mm-hmm. The, um, we have the Rubin twins at HF this year, who I have not seen. I, I, I guess I don't know if they're twins. Um, they're big upside. They're yeah. brothers. Um, yeah. And um, we, we had two that didn't play together last year with Devin Davis of Westinghouse and Dalen Davis at Young. Yeah. So that's that's a little different. But yeah, you're right. I feel like we've got a little bit more now than we've had in cuz yeah, it's not something that No, I it's think not. Of. I mean, yeah. it's uh my efforts of my research was pretty futile uh, um <laughs> trying to come up with I mean, but it's we have a starting point of a top 20 player in the country. Uh that's already mm-hmm. tough to beat and then you got another yeah. bona fide division 1 guy with with upside. Uh, and Cam Christie. Um, for my second take, I will go right in. I'm going to try to go quickly talk about some of these teams. Um, Rolling Meadows, I think I was pretty clear in the preseason last podcast that they were getting their ranking, but I wasn't sure. Um, I'm more sure now. They looked the part of a ranked team. Now, I might have them a little high, but I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was concerned. You know, if the supporting cast was going to be up to snuff, and they definitely impressed me. It was just so much more of a just capable high school basketball players than I'd seen in the past at Orlando Meadows. Uh, Foster Ogbana, who was around last year, um, played well. Orlando Thomas. They've just got they've got guys now. You know they've got some players, some other threats. That's really going to help take some of the pressure off of just the Christies. Lincoln Way East, who you know lost to Bolingbrook, and I was when I got there, I was kind of surprised that Jahair Jones 
wasn't playing. Um, he has an injury. It sounds like he's going to miss the season because he was a guard I really enjoyed last year, and I thought he was going to make them maybe a ranked team. And you know what? I think he would have if he was around, but he's out. But, boy, the future is bright at Lincoln Way East. I'm impressed. Two six five sophomores, Khalil Ross and George Bellevue, played really well. Uh, Ross was really effective. They both have a lot of potential, for sure. And then this guard comes off the bench, Jack Vegter, and he kind of reminded me of the St. Charles North kids from the last few years. You know, the you know they don't look like college superstar types, but they're just really great high school basketball players. That's what Jack Vegter had going for him. They're all going to be back next year. This is going to be a really good team next year, but they're good now. Ryan Sucha is another is a senior guard who has some size. He's 6'4", 6'5". Keep your eye on Lincoln Way East. They got a couple losses yet, but I liked what I saw there, and I think the future is bright. Uh, haven't hit on Notre Dame yet. Went to see them. They were good. Um, I thought Anthony Sales was excellent. He'd taken a step forward. And over the last few days, we've seen that Louis Lesmond and uh, Troy D'Amico have done what we expected and scored. The supporting cast is nice. I think, you know, I was seeing them early. I'm going to see them twice in the next couple days. But I'm hoping to see a little bit more. I need to see a little bit more from a number one top five team. They were good. I don't think they were great yet. Remember, I'm positive. Nobody's great <laughs> quite now. But we're going to find out an awful lot about Notre Dame over the next couple days. They have Mundelein on Sunday and St. Pat's on Tuesday. Uh, Maine South just keeps rolling. I think they're 4-0. Um, Sean Gallery, Marco Anderson, Nikola Zelenovic. This team is tough. You know, we always say the Maine South teams are tough. I think this is one of the main South teams with a little bit more offensive upside, possibly, than maybe the last couple of years. They're not so dependent on just a three-pointer. So with you know the way Tony Lavarado coaches and the defense, the fact that they've got a scorer like Gallery on the outside and then some scorers on the inside like Marco Anderson, that's, that's going to be a tough combo. And I think teams are finding that early, that they're a little bit ahead of the game right now, main South. Loyola, they lost that game. I like what I saw, though. If Loyola would hit their three-pointers, which they got, you know, Scotty Dean, he got the shots. He wasn't able to quite hit them. I think that'll change, and eventually they will. But Perion McClinton and Jalen Axball, two seniors who can do some things defensively and rebound, and I think they give Loyola a really nice dimension that what Tommy Ziprich and Jack Dean and Scotty Dean are hitting their shots. I think this team could really find itself by the end of the year and be really dangerous. I liked what I saw there, even though it wasn't quite ready the first night. Uh, any other team I'm missing here, Joe, that I wanted to talk about? I talked about Meadows. Oh, that'll do for now. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, that's, you know, you mentioned a bunch of teams. It's going to be interesting to see more so, you know, one thing to keep an eye on is just the improvement, the difference in yeah. a team from right now versus five weeks, from, four weeks from now uh, when we do see them. Because I, I feel, I, 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 in a way, I feel for some of these these high-powered teams because, there is a lot of, you know, ex, there is, are expectations. There are, uh, you know, a bullseye on their back. Yet, even they haven't been able to kind of, you know what I mean, come together and, and really showcase all that they have to offer, And at least right now. Hopefully, hopefully what I'm saying is we'll see the best of Notre Dame like we would a normal year at some point. You know, because I think they were going to be a, special special team it, it, you know if they would have played out their summer and done the whole fall and and for just a normal year i think 
I, the thing that excited me about a normal, a regular season, Mike, was we were about to have some super high-powered teams that were going to be at an extremely high level. And I don't know if there would have been a lot of depth behind them, like in your rankings or – but all I know is those top five, six, seven teams in Illinois, particularly top four or five, were absolutely going to be loaded. And Notre Dame was one of them. And hopefully, you know, at some point we get to see them reach their ceiling, even though we're not going to see it in a March sectional game or a super sectional or or even in Peoria, you know. Yeah. So that'll we'll be interesting. Just wait yeah. and see. Because that, that's the beauty of high school basketball. That what I love about it is that everybody makes the playoffs. And it's not football. If you you can be a complete and I've seen teams. I mean, especially when I was a oh, fan. Oh, yeah. I remember Juliet teams. We couldn't beat anybody week one. But by the end of the year, I'm like, oh, man, we can do some damage in this sectional. I love watching that progression. And I think that's what high school sports should be about, is about getting better throughout the season so you're ready for the playoffs. It doesn't make any yeah. sense to me to not let everybody in the playoffs. But. Well, and how many times have we, give, not given up, but... You know, coming out of the holiday tournaments, kind of been left a team for dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, I kind of look at segments of that, and I mean, that's a that's a two month stretch between, you know, uh, uh, what we watch at Pontiac or Proviso or Wheeling or we're at York, and when state tournament time rolls around, or even a little bit later when we do our um, the stock our, report. Our, our stock report, yeah. buying and selling stock. How it changes even from, you know, we usually do that, I don't know, late January, early February. And the change from that to, you know, the start of regional play. So that's what I I mean by we got this small window where I hope we can see some of these teams kind of max out, even though they're not going to be playing for the, the highest stakes. But, you know, three weeks, four weeks from now, get the very best from some of those teams. Let's take a look at the, uh, whatever this is ahead. <laughs> We're doing this in the middle of the week. Um, it's Thursday. I'm going to watch the, the Jesuit Cup tonight on the nice Loyola stream. It'll be Ignatius against Loyola tomorrow. I'm re- actually really looking forward to this game. Maybe one I've been looking forward to the most. Kankakee at Rich. Rich Township. We're going to call them Rich. Uh, they play at Rich South. It is combined Rich East, Rich Central, and Rich South all together. I think so they're did gonna, you call? Did you call Joliet, Joliet, or Joliet Township when you were? I was in high school, so I know. So I, the like, paper, I don't know what the paper did, um, but it doesn't make any sense because we don't call any of the other townships township. Yeah, I know. I was just curious because, yeah. but that's the one that I, I don't know. Lions Township. Everybody calls it that, but we just call it Lions. You know, LT. LT. The, yeah. yeah. So we're going to go with rich. It's just weird because it's a word that means something else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what I, that's what I meant. Like, yeah. I, it's it's weird to say rich because yeah, it's not a town. Yeah. We just got to get used to it, I guess. Um, but we yeah. should, we could do a, now that we're all into streaming, watching games, we could do a podcast while we watch a game. And that one's going to be streamed. The Kankakee Rich. I, I will be there, but I'm looking forward to that because, man, I remember being in high school when our schools combined athletic programs, just how, you know, I mean, that's traumatic. <laughs> Frankly, there's no other word for it. It was traumatic. And I can't imagine, I'm sure that people who went to Bloom when Bloom and Bloom Trail combined, you know, have similar stories. I can't imagine what three schools is like 
into one athletic program. And I think it's been a very undercovered story for a lot of reasons. They are the Raptors, by the way. They came up with their own... I think that's a first, too, because, like, Bloom became the Blazing yeah, Trojans. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't <laughs> like it. Joe doesn't like that. But, I mean, they, they created a new one. Like, Joliet yeah, went with but... the Steelmen, and Bloom combined both. It was the Trailblazers and the Trojans. Blazing Trojans, yeah. So what? What was the? So what was the first? The first is Rich. So it'd be the stars, right? Was the first one? Rich. Oh, what, what's the first one? Well, that's Rich good, Central. I don't or Rich know. South. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. East was the Rockets. The Olympians is Central, and South is the Stars. But I don't know which school was first. That's a good question. I would have gone with whoever the first one was. I feel that's like just me. I feel like the Olympians. Is a pretty great name. Oh yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I mean the Rockets yeah. is also good, but the Olympians. I the mean... rich Olympians. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that works. I do kind of like the Raptors. The, ri- the rich Olympians. <laughs> I kind of like the Raptors. I'm okay with it. Um, I don't think anything goes with the rich. Sorry, rich. Yeah, get a rich township Raptors, or whatever. But that's going to be a fun game because Kankakee's good. They squeaked in in the rankings there for me, number twenty-five, and I think they might be. Besides for Thornton, you know, they're, they're both going for the conference. Anyway, that's going to be fun. It's at 5 p.m. That's where I'll be. Um, we also have Glenbrook South at Maine South, which has become kind of a huge game all of a sudden. I, I didn't even realize. They both just yeah. keep winning. And that league is, I mean, Evanston, I mean, Evanston, Evanston, Evanston. But those, they're, they're, they're lurking. Uh, Lincoln East, who I talked about, is at HF at 6.30. And Lions against Morton. Um, Lions is some players and Morton is a team that was, we, we haven't talked about them, but they're, they're in the top 30, top 35. A lot of people don't know. They got a lot they're back. Sneaky good. Yeah. From that team last year. So keep an eye on that Saturday. Um, oh wow. I just got confused cause I looked Saturday and it said Maine South at Glenbrook South. And I said, that can't be right. They played Friday, but guess what? That's exactly right. <laughs> the, uh, CSL's doing those Oh, doubleheaders. That's yeah, right. yeah. So, oh, wow. So that's going to be our first instance of a meaningful game that is immediately replayed at the other school. Whew, that's a ratings nightmare. Or right, a rankings nightmare. Um, Riverside Brookfield is at Chicago Christian. Lake Forest at Zion. Stevenson at Mundelein. Could be a trap game for Mundelein. Looking ahead to Notre Dame on Saturday. Uh, Glenbard East at Nequa Valley. Joliet West is at Bolingbrook. Lockport at Joliet Central. I'm going to start there at three. We have the Little Ten title game. The Little Ten tournament has survived COVID-19 and is uh, happening. And then Rolling Meadows at St. Or sorry, St. Rita at Rolling Meadows. It was a late addition to the schedule at 7:30. I'm going to head there after the Joliet Central game. That should be fun. Then on Sunday we got the big one: Mundelein at Notre Dame. Fingers crossed that Scotty Abube is back for this. It's at three. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say we should make predictions, but then I'm like, we don't know if he's playing or not. Uh, that one is live streamed. You know, Niles Notre Dame does a nice job of that. So you guys should watch that. And then Monday, uh, I'll hit that since we'll probably won't do a podcast before then. St. Ignatius is at St. Rita at 7. Evanston Loyola is at 3. And there's it's a, it's a day off school. It's President's Day. So we've got games all day. I'm going to try and pull something off, I think, Joe. Tell me if you think this is crazy. I think I'm going to go to Argo at TF North at 11 a.m. Evanston Loyola at 3 p.m. And St. Ignatius at St. Rita at 7. Yeah, that, that, where, I, where's the Argo game at? 
It's at TF North. She going to Calumet City to Wilmette? Yep. Or it's a nice drive. Well, you know, as long as the snow keeps away, traffic's not bad these days. It's President's Day. I mean, it's only fifth. It's only fifteen below on Monday. <laughs> oh gosh, let's not, let's not talk about that. I need that car battery to hold up. But yeah, I might. You know, we don't get a. I don't have a first day of tournaments. You know, where I can go all around. I don't get to sit somewhere and watch eight games at a shootout. Yeah, I've never experienced a President's Day uh, basketball extravaganza. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we are. It's the COVID. I always like dumped all over the Martin Luther King weekend tournaments. <laughs> It is the COVID day, President's Day, uh, what a mess. <laughs> anyway, we got hoops. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, you know, we're going to kind of not stick to a super normal schedule. We're going to do this when we can and when it kind of makes sense because things are going to get really busy next week uh, with the CPS starting to play and everything. There's going to be games all the time. And I think we might try to check in shorter, maybe almost as often or slightly more if we can do it, if we can keep it to shorter, but we'll see. Uh, can think, I wait? Can uh, I can I applaud one more person? Yeah, go for it. We've done it in the past, maybe not as much as we should. Uh, Jack Gleason. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, Mike. I, I I had low expectations for him to keep up the standings and the and the um, the record keeping for scheduling of games. Yeah. And anybody doesn't know, uh, hsbball.com. Uh, it's the, I don't know. It's incredible to be able to navigate this year with the games and schedules and stay up to date as much as he has. I mean, it's incredible of the job he's done. Yeah, no doubt about it. I don't know what we'd be doing without his schedules and boy, are those things changing literally on an hourly basis at this point with all of the COVID uh, cancellations and postponements and movements. So yes, thank you, Jack very much. And uh, we'll be back next week.